Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I am Sir Mac. I am Jojo the Great. And we are here with Tales from the Kicks. How you doing, Jojo? I got a stuffy nose right now, so bear with me if you hear me sniffing. But other than that, I'm doing great. And how about you, my brother? I am doing lovely today. Just, just lovely. Off day, so not too bad. I feel you saying. Ain't these off days... Days sometimes you feel like you worked, but you also, you know, still get the get to feel that day where it's like, all right, I still had the day off. At least I didn't have to go to work. At least I didn't have to do that. Yeah. So it's like, all right. I love it. I love when productive off days. Yeah, <laughs> when you have a you get a day to do shit for yourself. There you go. That's what I'm trying to touch on. I love that shit. I ain't gonna give you the whole self love talk, but you hit it perfect. Do things for yourself. Yeah, it's important to do a couple of, at least a few things for yourself. You always got to take care of yourself. Of course, of course. And today, this story you finna tell, am I going to be able to go home without being scared? Oh, yeah, there's no, uh. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I left it. I left the. Now, if you come back for the next tale I have. <laughs> I don't I don't know how you're gonna feel. So I should I should miss <laughs> I should miss that one, right? No, I'm with you, man. You know I'm gonna be here. The people gotta hear from the great. <laughs> Jojo the Great. So Mr. Great. Yes, sir. Today's kicks are number three on the list. If you've been following along, this is number three on the list. Okay. I have the Jordan 5s with me. Jordan 5s. Jordan 5s. And unfortunately, Kush could be here to see these, but I'll show it to him later. He'll have to check in on a YouTube video too. As you should, because we'll have that ready soon. And um, we'll have it ready for you. You'll be able to see it. And these are beautiful shoes. You would love to see these. You got... The we red have, one? What do you call it? You call that one the uh These are do we have the red Jordan fives with the suede on them, the raging the raging bulls. You know, it's all red, red laces, got the white and red tiger stripes on the side, black mid mud guard, you know, icy bottoms. Then you got the grape alternate with the deep royal purple on the suede that's so soft. It's just so it's just so beautiful. I mean, this purple shoe here is just screaming Charlotte to me, man. It does. It, it, it's just... Fun fact, I bought this shoe for my birthday. Mm. Like two years ago, a year ago, whenever they came out. That was my birthday gift. That was a birthday gift to yourself. Self-love. There we go again. <laughs> there we go. This episode going to be all about ourselves. But... Oh. I love, I love this shoe, man. It reminds me of Charlotte so much every time I see it. I wonder what Jordan would look like playing against Charlotte or playing with Charlotte if he had to play with them during his career. But you know what's funny about it? Charlotte had a bad game one time, and the team played so bad that Jordan came on the court, and he played uh, during the practice. He came on the court, and he played with the uh, practice squad, and he played with all the guys that were uh, the bench players against the starters. Yeah. You know who won, right? Of course. <laughs> I said Jordan beat y'all at his old age, and this dude's still out there getting it, man. But of course, we know who the greatest is. We've seen that. We've seen that. LeBron passed that score. <sighs> There's a lot of news going on right now. There's a lot of hot topics going on right now. Man. Um, a lot of trades in the NBA if you're an NBA fan. All I gotta say is Phoenix Suns is gonna win a championship. Ain't no way they don't. Unless there's injuries. But calm other than that, down, calm down. We ain't even see them play together. Okay. All right. All right. Everybody be so quick to scream championship, but it's just trades. They're just trades. It's big news. That doesn't mean it happens automatically. Well, all the reason I say that is because I was watching ESPN earlier. On first take, Stephen A. made a great analysis on Kevin Durant going to Phoenix. And he said he doesn't have to worry about being a leader because Chris Paul got your back on that. And he don't have to worry about being a stud because you got Devin Booker. And then DeAndre Ayton also, he ain't no scrub at all. This dude goes out there on ball. So. But there's a lot of teams that hoop. 
So, excuse me. I'm just saying, when you look at the West, when you look at the entire West, it's it's scary. It's a lot of it's a lot of hungry teams. There's a lot of it's a lot. It's a it's what I I look at the Warriors. I'm worried about Steph because uh, it's like a second time or third time out for being injured. I look at New Orleans. I'm just I'm I'm I'm, I'm looking hard. I'm like it's a lot of people you can't count out just because of the fact that like. Like with Steph, he um, not when he's playing. Like, like okay. he'll get injured or whatever. But yeah. then, well, once he comes back, nigga, he comes back. And then even without him, like they still get shit done. So it's like it's kind of hard to try to discount a team just because they have an injury. If it now if it's an injury that season ending, then yeah, I could kind of see that. But if 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 D got a chance to come back. She, what you think he doing? Working on his way to come back. So it's not like he just up with his feet up. Like, I, I mean, I see him coming back and I see him playing ball, balling out. Of course, it's Stephen freaking Corey. But <clears throat> when I look oh, at it, though, oh, no, go ahead. When I look at it, though, I'm like, okay, Clay can have some games where he's off. Like his last game, I seen he was kind of off, and I was like. You can't do this. You can't do this in the playoffs, and of course, the playoffs is still a mile away. But I'm just looking at certain stuff and being like, mm, okay. But I mean, the Warriors are still the Warriors. I still feel like, especially when Steph's there. But the night before, you know, I seen Clay go off like 11 threes. So I'm like, okay, cool. I'll go with it. I'll roll with it. So, you know, if they all play in sync, of course, the Warriors, the Warriors and Suns. I think I love to see that in a uh, conference. I'd love to see that. West, Western Conference Finals, Warriors versus Suns. That would be a beautiful scene. It would be better than our last conference we got for crying out loud. What was that? Luka by himself against the Warriors? Uh, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. I mean, that's that's what I'm saying, though. Like, If you look at everybody's route to get to where they got to, it wasn't easy if it was... It wasn't easy. <laughs> That's why you ended up with that. Because it was a lot of people fight with their heart, but it's heart and skill that wins. Yeah, yeah. And I'm also, I'm sleeping on uh, Dallas with uh, Kyrie now. I'm telling you, bro. The, so, yeah. West, the, West is, the West is not wide open no more. The West is real competitive and everybody's competing. Oh, yeah. So, it's going, whoever wants it more, that's, that's who's going to take it. I'm going to go with looking at now. I ain't taking no picks. It's too early to take picks, bro. <laughs> I was going to ask you that. I was going to ask you that. I was like, nah, I'm not going to even yeah, ask. Because you already, you already seem like you got your shit made up, and you ain't seen nothing nobody play. I see, I see, I see them winning. I, I mean, I see them winning the Western Conference Finals. But winning it all, I'm still, I got to go with my Boston Celtics. I'm just I'm the biggest Celtic fan, man. So I got to go with the Boston Celtics. See, I'm a big Heat fan, but I'm realistic. Oh, I'm realistic. We number one right now, baby. But door, you know the Heat. The Heat will get there one day. One day. We've already been there. We'll get there. We'll get there one day. Not with that team. Not no championship with them. But I'm talking about Heat. Period. Yeah, they'll get there. Oh, okay. I was cheering, about I was cheering for them when they before they even had a championship. They had no championships, and I was still cheering for them. So I don't give a fuck. Three championships later, here he is. What's up? Okay, okay, okay. You you love LBJ? Of course. I love him when he played with the Heat, man. I used to hate him. I used to hate him when he played with the Heat. I used to hate him when he played with the Heat. But when I look back at it now, watch like videos and stuff, I'm like, yo, that was the best of his career. I feel like I get it though. Being down one and three in the finals and coming back with Cleveland and all that, that's beautiful and all. But when he played with the Heat, it was a different energy, man. It was a different energy he brought to the game when he played with the Heat. But I'm going to leave this conversation. Leave this conversation. But it's crazy because, see, the Heat's your team, right? Exactly. So when the Heat being your team, I I would just kind of think that, like, since I like that, because I hated LeBron James we played there because, of course, my team's the Celtics, like we say. But I hated that because... It was like, damn! I knew we were gonna lose to these dudes, man. Like, I knew Bron coming through with that energy. So I, I was just trying to see, like, dang, did you like? 
relish that moment with Brown playing with y'all like kind of like as a special moment, or do you kind of see it like, oh, it's just LeBron playing with us? Like, I was just more excited. I was excited because I know they was friends, and I know that the chemistry was gonna be there automatically. Yeah, and it was. So I wasn't. I don't know. I just cherish. I just I tend to cherish moments because I know anything could happen, and I already knew how. I already knew D Wade wasn't a hundred percent healthy like the whole time he was there in the first place. So it was just. I don't know. It it it's just a lovely thing, brother. When I see. When I see like just great NBA basketball and just going back, I mean, Bron to me is always gonna be the greatest because I seen him play. I ain't gonna ever really kind of be like, oh, I'm going with Michael because I mean, I think Michael's good also. I seen you know highlights and stuff, but you know how that is. Just not really witnessing in real time, so it's a different. If I could say that on here, please don't beat me up when we get off. Sir Mac is like six feet tall and I'm five something. So if I end up coming up missing, Sir Mac definitely did it because of this conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, we're gonna have to have a podcast. Just me, just me and you just arguing. We're gonna call that moments. <laughs> this nigga stupid. Mac and Joe go. <laughs> so we got the shoes here. Now you need to explain to us these pops, man. I got um Mr. Pennywise, and I have Upside Down Will from uh, Stranger Things, first season. That's why I didn't know who that was. I was like, oh. I didn't even ask you that in the YouTube video. We, we just yeah. stayed talking about Penny. Oh, uh, yeah. But well, Upside Down Will, okay, so, like, explain him for me. <laughs> I, explain him for me. I I, I, I got to be You honest. don't watch Stranger Things? I, I seen like the first two or three episodes. Oh my god! And then I just kind of just, just kind of zapped from it. And I told myself I was gonna watch it, and I see it popping up every day on my Netflix. I'm like, I'm gonna watch, I'm gonna watch it. But bro, Stranger Things is one of the most livest shows, bro. Yeah, everybody into it, man. I'm like, dang, I didn't even know it was gonna be that big when I started. I thought I was gonna be the only one watching it, honestly. And I was like, everybody watching it now. But explain, Mister Upside Down Will, what does he do exactly? What's going on Um, with him? So. Will is Will is part of the friend group, part of the main guy's friend group. Okay. And um it's like four or five of them. I mean a group. I mean it, it's a it's a decent sized group. Okay. And uh he just happens to end up in the upside down world and they call it the upside down because it's like being in the same place, but everything is just gloomy there and shit, and you can't see anybody or you hear anybody. Well, you can hear them if you're in the same area as they are. Yeah. They can faintly hear you, but it's weird. It's very weird, but after a few seasons, you'll realize what the upside-down world really is, and it's quite... So does Will ever get saved from the upside down yeah. world? Or he's they, oh, okay. they they end up getting Will back. So they end up finding a ways to go back and forth to the upside down and come back. And they've discovered well, I don't want to give too much away because I don't know how many people still haven't watched it, but yeah, they end up discovering how to get back and forth. Okay. And um they end up getting Will back. Yeah, I say I am sadly I'm one of those people. <laughs> but I'm definitely I'm gonna get into it. I'm gonna start watching it. Matter of fact, I'm just going to watch it simply because... Wait a minute. Is that what a, is that the one that went missing? And the mom was putting up like the Christmas lights throughout the house? Yeah. Got you. Okay, got you. Okay, I got you. Okay. I figured that was him the way you kept like going in to describe him. I was like, oh, okay. That's, that's upside down Will. And then, of course, you got Pennywise. Know where he came from. So... Yeah, I didn't even know. So, like, it, it was already, like, originally a movie, like, back in the day, and then it just kind of came out with the new Pennywise, I guess. And now they got even an It Part 2. Yeah. Well, no, there's always been an It and then an It Part 2. It was just in the first one that it was just, um... It was just that the way it was done, it was like you had the... 
first set, okay. and then you had the second set to watch. So it was like when they were, they were younger, and then when they was older. But then when it too, when the they redid it, they just did a whole entire movie of it, and then they waited a little bit and did a whole another one. Oh, I got the, you. So they okay. Part two with them being adults. You did go come out with another one, or that's pretty much it with it. Uh, I hope they killed them and that was it, cause that shit was. I ain't gonna lie, it's kind of. He, I don't know. He, he not really up there with the. His antics and the way to kill him is like, man, that's it. Really, you just gotta not be scared of him. Okay. Like if you talk shit back to him, like, like he wouldn't survive around me and my friends, like. You would have been roasted that nigga a long time ago. Wow. So he caused all this trouble and all this horror just for the... Because there was some... It's like... The um, antidote to be talking shit. It's like something that's like lives in your head, right? So when everybody believes inside of an idea, yeah, the idea becomes real. Mm. But then if nobody believes in the idea, it just sort of disappears. Wow. Well... I would love to have him as an enemy because if all I got to do is just talk some shit and he's gone, well. You just can't be scared of him. That's a five-minute enemy. It's kind of like What's the that? same thing with uh, What's that? Freddy Cougar. I kind of put uh, him and Freddy Cougar like, kind of like in the same category mm. because they kind of like, they just play off of fear and once you lose the fear of them, they're weak towards you. Talk about Freddy Krueger. So, you still watch Rick and Morty? Um, I haven't watched, like, the last few seasons. Bro, have you seen the episode with the Freddy Krueger thing in it? I do so. <laughs> oh, Scary Terry? There you go, Scary Terry. <laughs> uh, you got a pop with him? No, I don't. Have uh, we got to get you one. We got to get you one. We got to go ahead and get you one. We got to look into that. <laughs> hey, that's Scary Terry. Have you crying, bro? And then, like, the way they played it out was just stupid. That's a good episode of Rick and Morty, though, for y'all. Just go out there and go watch it. But now we get into the finale. Right. Um, I guess the moment everybody's been waiting for. Ooh, let me introduce, let me introduce. My friend, my, my, my brother, Sir Mac, got a story telling us tonight. Take the flow from there. Tonight's tale will be on a missing case. Oh. Still unsolved to this day. Don't keep us guessing. Terrence Williams. It was Monday, January 12, 2004, 27-year-old Terrence Williams disappeared. Terrence Williams had moved to Naples, Florida because his mother, who had recently gotten married, had moved to Florida from Tennessee also. He had four children and was struggling with child support payments. Hoping that the move to Florida would bring in more income, he left for Florida. He left behind three of his four children. When he got to Florida, he got a job in construction. He later decided to work a little bit harder. So he picked up a second job at a pizza hut in a nearby city. While he was in Tennessee, before he moved to Florida, Terrence had gotten a DUI charge and his license was suspended because of it. So while living in Florida, he depended on his mother and his roommate for rides. His second job at Pizza Hut was 13 miles away from home, straight through the new area of North Naples. Wanting to gain some freedom and alleviate some stress from his mother and roommate, Terrence went and bought a white Cadillac. He had been living in Naples for two years and only needed six more months before his license would be given back to him. After working at Pizza Hut for a short time, it seemed as though he had made new friends. On January 11th, 2004, his co-workers invited him out to a work party 
after their shifts. Terrence agreed to go to the party, but decided he needed to go home and freshen up first. His mother picked him up after his shift and took him home. After Terrence gets home and freshens up, he asks his roommate to go with him to the party. His roommate tells him no, but Terrence tried to edge him on as much as he could. But his roommate still said no. So without his roommate, he didn't have a ride to Bonita Springs where the party was. Deciding he was going to go anyway, he left alone in his white Cadillac that was also unregistered. After Terrence left, he called his roommate a short time later because he said he seen a bunch of cops and then he and that he wanted to wait to see if he could wait them out because his tags were not registered. His roommate stayed on the phone with him until Terrence said that he was going to go ahead and take off. His roommate did note that his voice sounded nervous. After the friend got off the phone with Terrence, he then placed his phone on a TV shelf and headed for bed. The next day on Monday, January 12, 2004, the roommate woke up to find that he was home alone and Terrence had not returned. At first, his roommate wasn't worried because Terrence told him that if he didn't return home the next day not to worry because he was most likely staying at someone else's home. So the roommate checked his phone to see if Terrence had called him. Upon checking his phone, the roommate realizes he received several phone calls from the same number that he doesn't recognize. He called the number back and the woman answered the phone. She said she was a co-worker of Terrence and that she remembers him leaving the party between 5 and 6 a.m. Terrence did call and check in with his mother daily. It was now Tuesday and Terrence's roommate emailed his mother to see if he had spoke to her. When Terrence's mother seen the email, she knew something was wrong because she hadn't spoke to him the previous day and none that day. After Terrence's mom responded to the roommate saying that she hadn't spoken to her son, the roommate then starts emailing and making phone calls along with Terrence's mother to see if they could find and locate Terrence. The roommate called hospitals to see if anybody had came in that matched his description but he had no luck in that. After calling all the hospitals in his area, the roommate started calling jails to see if Terrence maybe had been picked up, but still there was no Terrence. Wednesday, January 14, 2004, Terrence's mother decided to go to the pizza hut he was working at. Once he got there, they confirmed that he had not been there for the last three days and hadn't picked up his last two checks. Confirming her fears, she heads to the sheriff to file a missing report. But when she gets to the sheriff's office to file the report, they tell her that he is a grown man and that if she doesn't hear from him in a month, then come back. Although frustrated with this information, she left and turned to her family in Chattanooga, Tennessee for help. Calls started coming in January 15th from the family. The calls came in such high volumes, the Sheriff County office decided to finally take this case more seriously. If it had not been for the family calling so many times, who knows how long it would have took for them to start investigating. Then the next day, Terrence's aunt called his mother and said that they had found the car. She told her that the car had been towed from a cemetery. This gave Terrence's mother a deep sense of dread, fearing that she might find him in the trunk of the car. The mother immediately 
heads toward the lot where the car was being held. She identified the car very quickly and found his two jackets inside of the car and an empty pack of Newports, which were the cigarettes he would smoke. She spoke to the manager who told her the car had been towed there from a cemetery in Naples because it was obstructing traffic on January 12th. According to the report, it was towed on behalf of a sheriff county deputy. So Terrence's mother called the sheriff's county office, but they said since there was no arrest and no incident report, there's no more information to be shared. After numerous phone calls from the family with no answers from Cola County Sheriff's Office, the family decided to see if they could find witnesses. Terrence's mother spoke to a person that was there that morning. Terrence went missing and his car got towed. The witnesses told his mother that she seen Terrence get pulled over. The witnesses said that the deputy put Terrence, pulled Terrence over and they both got out the car. He asked Terrence for identification, which Terrence didn't have any. Then the witness say that they seen the officer pat him down and put him in the back of the squad car. Witnesses told detectives that when the officer pulled Terrence over, his emergency lights were on, but his sirens were off. The officer also went to ask the manager if he could leave Terrence's car in the parking lot. He said he would come back for it a little while later. The manager agreed and the officer left with Terrence in the back of his car. Witnesses say that between 15 minutes to an hour later, the officer returned alone and moved Terrence's car to the side of the road. This deputy's name is Steve Calkins, a 17-year veteran. After Terrence's mother learned all of this information and informed her family, collectively, they all started calling to get more answers from the police department. After calling nonstop, a supervisor decided to give Calkins a call to get to the bottom of the situation and give the mother some answers. However, when Calkins is questioned about towing the car, he replies that he does not remember towing the white Cadillac. The dispatcher then says that people at the cemetery are saying you arrested somebody, but I'm not showing that you arrested anybody. His reply was that he never arrested anybody. To which she replies, that's what I thought. Then she then asked Calkins if he was sure that no one was with that vehicle, to which he replied, no. Then the dispatcher tried to jog his memory again, saying that it was around 1230 in the afternoon, and he replied, he could not remember. After seeing the deputy's name on the tow record, and hearing the statements from the witnesses, his mother was having a hard time understanding how the deputy could not remember her son. So after more pressure from his mother and more phone calls from the family, the manager dispatcher called Calkins again. This time, magically, his memory comes back. And now he remembers Terrence. Calkins is called in to do an incident report. He had told the first set of detectives that he had pulled the car over because he seen that it was having some type of car trouble. He claims that after he pulled Terrence over, he was pleading for a ride to work. The officer said that he would get Terrence a cab but after talking to Terrence for a minute, he said that he was a nice guy 
So he decided that he would go ahead and give him a ride. Hell no. Ain't no. So he asked for a ride to work and the cop took him. <laughs> and then his memory came. You ain't gonna remember you took somebody to work. You did something completely unordinary from your job. You're supposed to protect, serve, lock people up for doing crimes. And you're taking someone to work and you forgot about it. That's like going to work and forgot somebody, I don't know, gave you six flag tickets or something. Uh, go ahead. After he led Terrence to the back of his car, he drove him to a Circle K. And this is where Calkin said Terrence told him he worked. Calkin said that he told Terrence to get his paperwork in order for his license in his car. Terrence responded that he had his receipt for the car in his glove compartment along with other paperwork that could be found in his glove compartment also. Calkins decided that he was going to go back alone and investigate the car to see if he could find the paperwork himself. However, he said once he got back to the car and he searched, he found nothing. Calkins said he felt deceived, so he wanted to track Terrence down. He called the Circle K that he had dropped him off at, and they told him nobody by that name had worked there. He then ran his license plates and realized he was driving with expired tags. He decided to get the car towed. However, after his mother heard this report, her concern for her son grew even more because, for one, she herself had drove Terrence's car after she found it at the lot. She drove it for about 25 miles without a problem. She also knew that from her son's past with the law, that he was very unlikely to ask any officer for a ride to work. And why would her son lie about where he worked? If anything, he would have called his mother or his roommate for a ride or even walk before asking a police officer for a ride to work. So now, with no trace of Terrence and no clear answers to where he could be, the family and sheriff detectives turned to the Circle K for answers, hoping to find video footage of Terrence being dropped off or being at the store at all. Terrence's stepfather was the first to review the footage from the store before detectives, and he did not see Terrence at all. When detectives arrived, they had questioned the employees, but none of them seen Terrence. That that cop cricket is. Keep going, cause I got a lot. I got a lot. I got a lot to question on, man. But you might answer them. So go ahead. The Circle K was off of a busy street and had a constant flow in and out of their business. However, no cameras and no witnesses caught the drop-off that Calkins claimed happened. After some time, Terrence's mother grew frustrated with the way Officer Calkins was handling himself and his lack of effort of trying to find her son. So she decided she was going to file a complaint. Soon after that, a full investigation from internal affairs was done on Calkins. But since this was an internal affair and a conflict of interest, other parties had to be called in to conduct a fair investigation to avoid any sense of type of cover-up. The Florida Department of Law Enforcement and the FBI were asked to come in. Quickly after investigation into Calkins, it was revealed that three months prior, Another complaint was filed with very close similarities. Another young adult male, 23, hadn't returned home, and the last person to see him was Calkins. 25 miles away from Naples, there was a case of a missing migrant worker by the name of Felipe Santos who has been working as a construction worker and his girlfriend was expecting their firstborn. 
Felipe worked with his brothers and their job was 30 miles away. Felipe would ride with his brothers back and forth as he didn't have a car on his own. Since they were migrants, they couldn't apply to get a license or get insurance for the car that they got to get back and forth to work. On the morning of October 14, 2003, Felipe and his brothers were on their way to work, driving through Naples when they got into a minor car wreck. Both cars pulled over into a small shopping area. The other driver flagged down a cop car. The cop came over, and it was none other than Officer Calkins. So now there's two separate views of what happened after Deputy Calkins exited his car. Calkins says that he talked to the other driver, then to Felipe and his brother. Calkins also said that everything was fine and everybody was being cordial. The other driver told him about the crash. Then Felipe identified himself as the other driver. Once Calkins discovered that Felipe didn't have a license, he immediately put them put him in the back of his car. However, the statement from the driver gave us a different story. She said that after Calkins found out Felipe didn't have a license, he stated that he was tired of pulling over people who didn't have a license and insurance, and that he seemed agitated about the situation. Everyone at the scene and other onlookers stated that they seen Calkins put Felipe in the back of his cruiser. All of them believed that Calkins was taking Felipe to jail. But later that day, when his family called and went down to the jail, Felipe cannot be found. Two weeks after Felipe was last seen in the back of Calkins' cruiser, the family received a copy of the report. Calkins' report stated that after Felipe was in the back seat, he decided not to take him to jail because he was a kind person. He also stated that he dropped Felipe off at Circle K so that Felipe can make a phone call and get picked up. Calkins also stated that he did not want Felipe to get back in his car, which is why he only went half a mile up the street to drop him off. However, before dropping him off, Calkins gave Felipe three citations. Two were fines that added up to $2,000 and one for driving without a license, which required him to appear in court. After finding all of this information, his family decided that the offer did not act as he should have and filed the complaint. Calkins was aware that he was being investigated for the traffic stop that involved Felipe. Calkins is on his 17th year as a police officer with a really good reputation having no complaints until this point. Knowing that he was being closely watched, Calkins volunteered to do a taped interview. That's not going to prove anything. That's not going to prove a damn thing. I'm going to do a taped interview to prove I ain't got nothing to do with... Yeah, yeah, okay, OJ. Let me write a book about it. Like, what is the police department doing? Well, this dude should be arrested. That's the second person gone and use the last person with eyes on we got all the evidence because you've seen them last. Go ahead. Go ahead. After a two-month investigation, Officer Calkins was exonerated of any wrongdoing. When November 13th came around and Felipe didn't appear in court for the traffic violations Calkins had given him, it made Felipe a fugitive. Although investigators doubt that he had voluntarily disappeared on his own, they searched for him between the U.S. and Mexico and couldn't find anything that suggested he was alive and well somewhere else. There was also no family contact and nobody has seen or heard from him. 
Only 72 hours after the family of Felipe received a letter saying that Officer Calkins was cleared of any wrongdoing, Terrence William disappeared. Nine days after Terrence went missing, the crime investigated unit started processing his car, looking for any clues or any evidence they could find. Inside of the car, they did find some small traces of evidence, but details are not available for public yet. What? Two days after that, the police held a press conference asking for any information leading to Terrence. After the press conference call, after the press conference call, people started to call in with a lot of tips, some being cited. One officer thought he had found Terrence because the man matched the description of Terrence. But after further investigation, they found that it was not Terrence. One month after Terrence had been missing, Officer Calkins was asked to come in to be interviewed about the case. Before the interview, he was given a waiver that said nothing that he said could be used in a criminal court against him. Calkins is given a polygraph test, and he passed. So now the investigation seems to be going nowhere. There are two cases of missing men, and the last person to see either of them was Calkins. And even more disturbing is the last place the two were seen were in the back of his patrol car. Knowing this information, detectives decided to investigate Calkins' squad car, looking for any sign of struggle or blood evidence. However, this turned up no new evidence as the entire car was squeaky clean. Then investigators turned to the GPS device that was on Calkins' vehicle looking for any secluded areas that he would be in while he was on patrol. They soon found 12 areas of interest. However, searches were conducted and cadaver dogs were used, but no new evidence came to light. This could also stem from the fact that these areas were heavily, heavily wooded areas and lots of wasteland around. One detective said of the area that it was so remote and dense that you could do something in broad daylight and nobody would know. Police start looking at Terrence's background to see if they could find any other logical reason for his disappearance. They discovered that Terrence had a court appearance. Two days after he went missing, the court appearance was for child support of his three kids in Tennessee. His mother doesn't believe that he would ever run from that because he was already on top of his child support and he had never missed a court appearance before. The detectives were still watching Calkins and pulling recorded conversations he made to dispatch to see if his stories matched up to his statements. They find that Calkins made a phone call to his friend at dispatch that phone call contradicts what the witnesses and what Calkins said happened. On the phone call, Calkins stated that he had found a homie car blocking the road. On the phone call, he made it seem as though he had no idea who the car belonged to and he never made contact with the driver. He said that maybe the driver was at the cemetery and that he would come looking for his car by the time he returned. He told the dispatcher that he was going to get the car towed as they both joked and laughed about the situation. Detectives knew that he was lying because of the statements he gave them clearly showed that he had contact with Terrence, who was the driver of the white Cadillac, a.k.a. the homie car. When the detectives later asked why he lied, Calkins said that he was only joking with his friend. When asked about the position of the car when it was towed, he said that he only moved the car to make it easier for the tow truck when it came to pick it up. Further investigation showed that 20 minutes later, 
After the first phone call, Calkins made a second phone call, this time to run the name of Terrence Williams. The concerning red flag about this is that on the recording, he gives Williams' name with the wrong birthday. This is a big red flag because he could have simply asked Terrence for his birthday. Also, before the detectives had the recording, it was believed that Calkins didn't spend more than five minutes with Terrence, and he only knew his first name. But now, 23 minutes after Calkins got the car towed, he's now calling with the full name and a fake birthday. On March 30th, Calkins is asked to come back in for another interview with the internal affairs. He's questioned yet again, but the more questions they ask, the more inconsistent his answers become. For example, when asked about the paperwork from the car, Calkins said that he found it. But the detectives questioned him on that because he had already stated that he could not find the paperwork. Three months after Terrence went missing, Calkins was given another polygraph test. This time, the questions focused more on what happened after he had Terrence's car towed. This time, Calkins was found to be deceitful in his answer. Calkins defended his position and said that he had no contact with either man after dropping them off at the Circle K. At this point, he refused to answer any more questions. Without any probable cause, insufficient evidence, and the lack of motive, officers were not able to pursue the investigation any further. No search of his home or personal vehicle could be done because of the lack of evidence. On August 20th, the investigation into Calkins was brought to an end. Both complaints held up, and Calkins was subsequently fired for non-compliance of rules and regulations, untruthfulness, and conduct unbecoming of an officer. But only two weeks later, Calkins appeals that decision. But Calkins' appeal was denied, although the sheriff noted that no proof of physical harm came to either man. The sheriff stated that part of the decision was based on his inability to trust Calkins, also noting that Calkins cannot recall incidents, which is why the sheriff denied Calkins' appeal. Till this day, Stephen Calkins denies any involvement in the disappearance of Terrence and Felipe, saying that he was a victim of coincidence. However, family members still find that hard to believe. Yeah. I don't know what his motive was. I mean, I, I question other cases now. I mean, the fact that he was fired but not arrested? And dealing with a case that I mean, I, I believe it's still a crime case. They're still missing. It's just an open case on it because can't be solved. Ain't no bodies. Yeah. So it's like, and then you were the last person with them and then they proved it and then you lied about it and they caught you lying about it and they still didn't? I mean, I understand the laws is to protect the innocent, but, you know, if you guilty and this pointed towards guilty and, I mean, it don't take it don't take a damn rocket science to say this dude here just... I mean, a crackhead can tell you, hey, look, man, something right with this cop. He got something to do with that. Uh, and that's the thing. That's the crazy part about it is they couldn't make any advances because of the lack of evidence. And I was just like, what the fuck? Wait, yeah. And then you brought up the uh, the fact that they found evidence uh, for Felipe. They found evidence. That was his name, right? Uh, for uh, Terrence, they found uh, trace evidence in Terrence's car, but they don't. Um, they didn't release the. They said they it, don't. They don't say what it is or anything. They because it's sensitive information. Ha, ha. I'm not trying to say they're trying to cover up. I mean, you know, nah, it's I'm, not. It's not so. Much, they do that. They do that in a lot of cases. With like a lot of high profile cases, you don't get all the details first. It just like. It, they do that in a lot of cases because there's certain things that they're going to try to use but they if they give you if they give everybody all the information then they anybody can say they know this they know that you know what I mean oh like they said like that like that would be so it's kind of like a way to filter out so if they know like if they 
like let's just say it's a rabbit hair. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And they'll be like, oh, what's if they give somebody gives you information, yeah, and they happen to mention something about somebody owning a rabbit or being around rabbits, you know what I'm saying? Then you know that that information is going to be more valid versus somebody talking about, oh, they was just, they was by some horses or they was in the crocodile. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, okay. I see exactly where you're coming from. Because and that that, it's, a way, it's, it's a way to filter out the information that they're yeah, receiving because but, now they know who's going to be more accurate because they know a piece that fits. That that's a hundred percent accurate. You're right about that. You're right about that. I never even thought of it like that. You're right about that. But what I think about heavily is the fact that he lied, though. You know what I'm saying? No, the fact that he lied, I thought would be enough. To, to, that's what I'm to, saying. That, that's what I'm going with. It's like I thought it, that, that should be enough to you know like do yeah, because something. He, at you least. know, he wrote it on two different statements, and then what what, what baffled me was that okay. You got in the, you got them in your car, and then you neither one of you both of them you took to a circle K. You took them yeah, both to a that circle was K. Sound kind of weird. And then no, I wonder if it was the same circle K. <laughs> one you didn't want one person in your car, and then the other one you gave them both a ride because they was nice. They was nice people. Yeah, come on now. And then you you ain't got nothing else to back this up. Like, yo, I give nice people rides all the time. Like, and yeah, no one take them like, to jail. Like, yeah. look, look, I got like five or six guys that can prove it. You know what I'm saying? Those guys come to jail. Oh, yeah, I remember that's the cop. No, ain't nobody doing that. No, I've never heard of a cop pulling somebody over, telling them to get in the back, back seat. And then start driving off with them, intending to take them to jail and be like, you know what, man? This ain't right on my part. You got to, nah, man. That, that one tripped me up. I was like, uh, I don't, I don't get how you don't. And then this dude, same dude was a cop for, you said 17 years? 17 years. I mean, it just makes you think, like, what was what it? What did he really get away with? And yeah, it's like, he got away with something else. Ain't no way. And then he avoided questions. No, you don't get to avoid questions, And that's bro. the crazy part is he's avoiding the questions, and yet they're not able to go investigate his house or go, like, yeah. these are people that are missing. Like, these people are missing. And, like, now it's, like, I'm sure it's, like, very little, if any, evidence now. You know what I mean? That just had been the president's daughter that was last around with the cop. And the cop They would have busted they would That's all I got to say. It's just ain't no way in the world this dude should be walking around free, basically, with two bodies on you. That's what it sound like. And the other dude went missing. You dropped him off, and then there's no footage. You... Your story don't don't add up no, no, with no. the evidence that is proven to be truth. And you would think, like, you don't see that every day. You don't see people getting dropped off by police. <laughs> Definitely at work. Somebody somebody get dropped off at my job and the police. Well, I'm like, hey, that, that better be one of your people. Like, your mom. Somebody's going to say something. That's like, that's not. Somebody's going to say, hey, did you see that dude? He just got out the. Yeah. He's got out a cop car. <laughs> like, what? And then. Yeah, the cop gotta walk around, open the door, let you out because, and then that's not a comfortable ride to work. You, like, yo, this where killers and, you know what I'm saying? Crazy people sit at, you know? And that's the thing. He had already had his run ins with the law. So he already yeah, had his, you see? And, and then the wrong birthday, then the dudes, like, now nah, all that, that's all evidence, of it, man. All, that's all of evidence. that doesn't make sense. And then what do you mean he got a homie car? Yeah, well, I was, yeah, I was trying to figure out that part. I was like, is is that like a And I didn't know if that was code for what. And yeah. then he told him like he said he was he was like, Yeah, I'm gonna get this car towed. And I'm just like it, Yeah, and it made it like yeah, that part made it seem like he didn't even talk to the dude, dude at first. You would think that, but it's like, nah, he's covering up something. something. It has to be because and it's you, like you what? Call, you called the dispatcher. You know what I mean? You know them calls is recorded. Yeah, so you, you called the dispatcher and I got a homie car. You didn't give the Meg bottle. You just go straight to homie. What does that mean? That's well, a cold. He did, he did, in the conversation, he did cl- clarify that it was a white Cadillac. Okay, he did. He initially called it a homie car. And that just struck me as odd. Like, you wouldn't say the type of car you got. You're going to call it a homie car. I ain't trying to go over to that side but man that sounds like a black thing man i hear stuff like that like what, that's like why a hood car is that what you're trying to say like that's what, why i put it in there like what what, what? i don't know because i was like that. um what 
And then the fact they was willing to turn the other dude into a fugitive because he didn't show up to court. Man, forget those tickets. Forget that citation. Honestly, I feel like there's even more evidence to show he, that this dude is missing. He hasn't been seen since the night he was given this ticket and the last person he was with was the, the cop. That's the thing. Felipe disappeared in the middle. They both disappeared in the middle of the day. It wasn't at nighttime. That's why it was so many witnesses. They, they both disappeared in the middle of the day. Oh, snap. I thought you were sitting here talking. Maybe I'm just thinking just because it's nighttime, nighttime now. Yeah, I'm thinking it's about night. Nah. So he in broad daylight. And then you said, okay, so that makes sense at the end when you said the dense islands and stuff. Uh, you like Well, the, the all the properties, well, because, you know, it's in Florida. Yeah. So they have a lot of wasteland and a lot of dense areas and a lot of secluded areas because of all the swamp land and stuff. So. Yeah. All of his routes, when you you look, when they look at it on a map, it's just like green, 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 yeah. green, and it's like shit. anybody can do anything, they, and they like it ain't nobody out there to see you. Nobody. So it's like, hey, I'm oh dang, to be in Florida. I mean, the only thing I could really think of dealing with wastelands and stuff, he did something to them, and the reason why they can't track or find anything is because it's probably out in the ocean or something. Man, and there's so many different theories as to what could have happened, and that's another thing. His car was squeaky clean. Like, just... They didn't go too far on him, man. They didn't go too far at all. Anybody else, man, they would have been on it, bro. But that, that to me, was kind of a red flag, too, because your car is, like, super clean, so you just keep your shit... Dummy clean. You you don't let nobody back here. You ain't arresting nobody. Nobody sitting in the back of your car. Huh? Super clean, and they still was able to find some evidence. They found evidence inside of Terrence's white Cadillac. Yeah, and, and the car was clean. The cop car was clean. Oh, oh, Calkins, Calkins car was clean, immaculate. Was the word that it was described to his mom. See what I'm saying? Like, and that's what I'm saying. Like, you don't have nobody. He's know. a cop, so he's gonna know how to like, yo, hey, that's gonna have blood on it. So, you, <sighs> come on, man. And that was they was looking for any type of sign of struggle, any type of sign of blood, any any anything for any type of evidence. Hell, evidence that they was back there. Shit, ain't gonna find nothing. Can find a shoe print, no nothing. Nah, man, I know cop car. And another thing is, I feel like it was a slow process because they just like took forever to start. And yeah, like how like how long he got away with it? What what was it? They wasn't able to report for like a month. Well, that's what they initially told him, but then it ended up being like three days later. Three days later, okay. Because so he went missing on the twelfth, but I I believe it was the fifteenth that they started. Yeah, see, like if I tell you get rid of these shoes and you got three days to do it. I mean, those shoes could be anywhere. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So imagine, you know what I'm saying? You get that much time with a person. Yeah. And then, come on, man. Then the and area, then for him to, and then, he got a phone call the first time. He said he didn't remember. The second phone call, he says, oh yeah, I remember something like that. Then yeah. he gets called in because he needs to make an accident report because he didn't do any type of accident report. And I'm just like, all y'all gonna do is fire him. That's it. And he said, "Oh, I, I, I don't remember." And then he remembered. He, he magically remembered what happened. He's like, "Oh yeah, I remember I dropped the dude off in work." Yeah. Like, now, now you remember you dropped him off and where he worked. So let's just say you work at a factory, right? So every day you do the same exact thing. You come to the factory, you're the manager. You come in, you check in, make sure everybody working and this and that. And you end up one day coming in and you find a dog inside. Come on, man. And then it's like, you like, I don't see no dog. Oh, that dog. What, what do you mean oh, that dog? Oh. Ain't no dog supposed to be in here. What, <laughs> what? This is not an ordinary day for you, buddy. You're dropping somebody off at work at a Circle K, and they have no track to you at that Circle K, and then you didn't report, oh, yeah, I did mess up on a, on a birthday. <laughs> this dude was all and over then the he, place. Yeah, he gave him a fake birthday. like, And that's a that was a bit... That's a lot concerning because the only way he can get the correct birthday is from Terrence. And then I noticed he didn't get in trouble for not doing his job for the second one. This dude got into a wreck. Didn't have a license. 
Mm-hmm. Didn't have no paperwork, basically. Mm-mm. He's on his way to jail. You think he's a nice guy. Happened to be at the Circle K. You tell him, get out your car. So now you're going to go to the back, open the door, take no, the handcuffs off this guy. On his way to the jail, yeah, supposedly, only half a mile away, during conversation, only half a mile of conversation was enough to convince him that he was a nice enough guy to let him go. Come on. What could... Felipe must have been back there giving him his best... Man, what? His best vocabulary of being a great person. And I'm just like, how does that even make sense? He had to do with the best essay of a lifetime. And, then, and, that's, a and that's another part of my problem. You... Didn't arrest him. Yeah. Instead, you give him tickets. Ticket for not having your license. Ticket for getting into a wreck not having a license. Uh, also, you need to show up in court. This fine's going to be about $2,000. Sure. Cool dudes. Just walk away. Why didn't you just give him the citation there? I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Because you could have gave him the citation then, but then you gave him two tickets, knowing that you already knowing his situation, but you're going to give him two tickets that equal $2,000 and then make him go to court. He should have been arrested simply just because he lied. And then the second test, he failed. He lied, and then he failed a lot of type of tests. All right, come on in, bro. It's time for you to go ahead and do some time. Yeah, because the first test was just, uh, I forgot what they questioned him on, but on the second one, that's when they questioned him about everything that happened after he met up with Terrence. And then that's when it comes out that he's lying. So, this dude ain't crap, bro. Hopefully, one day we can get answers for the family, get answers for closure, and they can move forward. Because... It's still a question of what truly happened and still, like, what motivated the disappearance of what seemed like two innocent men. This clown, man. That's a clown move, bro. That's messed up, though. Because it's just like... Because we just know, honestly, if it was anybody else that this story would have happened to... I mean, yeah, and it sucks to say that shit every time, but... Yeah, doors would have been kicked into your crib. Things would have been investigated. Things would have been confiscated. They probably would have found more. I just, I just don't understand off what basis they use against cops. Yeah, because <laughs> but it, it's just it baffles me when they have their limitations on what they would or wouldn't do. And they, it was weird to find out what does it doesn't work as evidence. Yeah. Yeah. That shit is weird. That's, yeah, that's speaking more like it. Yeah, I don't like that, man. I don't like anytime a cop is kind of in, in a loophole like that. I think it's all just depending on how they want to handle it. Because, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Some cops actually do get busted and they actually do go through, like, they do it the right way. You know, they arrest them and do all that. Even without all the evidence, a little piece of something that's like, nah, man, you got to come down with us. But, yeah, like, you see it with all these cases that go on. It's like, it's always going to be 50-50. Like, are they going to do it or are they not? And this one definitely was, they didn't. They, nah, I feel like that police department deserve to do a little bit more digging just you know just for the sake of it I feel like there's something in there if they do though cause it's like ain't no way two stories happen that both contradict each other when you look into the evidence like this guy was just on something else man and I just hope I just hope he didn't but I know he does I mean, every everything points to back to him. Yeah. And no matter how you look at it, no matter how you change it, everything points right back to him as being having to do something something with it. Because 
You don't just drop somebody off at Circle K and they disappear. And it's too coincidental. You drop two different people months in between each other. Felipe went missing three months before Terrence did. So it's like, you don't, that doesn't just happen. That's, that doesn't just happen. And then you're doing it in the middle of the day. So who's just out there just snatching grown ass man up in the middle of the day? And nobody seen anything. And no cameras. Too smooth with it. That's what makes me think that there's more people probably involved. Well, I don't think he ever went to no circle K. No, I'm saying like it's like how smooth he did it to where Oh yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like you you this ain't your first rodeo. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, you is. did this to the point to where you didn't get caught. Nothing really happened. They questioned you, and then you avoided questions. That's what it also gets me. Because it's like, if you tell a person, like, they're, they're willing to open up every, like, hey, come on, search too. Like, I ain't got nothing to do with this. I'm, Hey, I ain't got nothing to lie about. But him, it's like, like he, he got caught in a lie. And when he got caught in a lie, oh, well, this, well, oh. I remember then, it went this way, you know? And then he kept claiming he couldn't remember this and he couldn't remember that. Yeah. When, when people start talking like that, you know, people know a liar when they see a liar, man. Especially when they hear one, man. Like, you don't just go from not knowing any information to knowing all the information. Yeah. When they went back to the dispatch, he should have known that was it for him. My, my whole thing is, why call in with a fake birthday? made a mistake well it wasn't too too dire because shit he made a mistake that would add up to catching him up it just wasn't a big enough mistake to the department to arrest him and that's some bullshit big time you know I thought I was gonna be scared from this case I'm pissed off from this case I told you this not the it's not this one it's the next one I'm pissed it's the next one, the next one, please tune in. But this is a hell of an episode. You heard this great, this great story that just ended up pissing us all off. D, you pissed us all off tonight. Man. I'm sorry, you pissed I us just... all off tonight, man. You pissed us off. It was a great story, though. You told great story. Thank you. I took it all in. I was like, I ain't gonna say a word this time. I let you say the whole story. I was like, wait a minute, hold on, man. This, yeah, I mean, when I was when I first seen. You know, I'll always be on my documentaries. When I first seen it, I was like, what the fuck? Are you serious? Because, man, that's some BS, man. I, I got to go look at this. Like, I want to see what the, what the caucus and whatever his damn name was. Man. But the next one I do is going to be crazy. Yeah, that that was a... Give, give us a little preview. What's that, what's that one going to do? Don't tell us the story. Just tell us how it's going to make us feel, man. How I'm going to feel at the end. Um... I told Kush he's gonna go wanna he's gonna wanna go home and watch cartoons. Okay. That's what you're leaving us off with. We're gonna wanna go home and watch some cartoons. Okay. All right. Well, you know what? I've never heard an answer like that, so I'm definitely gotta hear this story next time. <laughs> so we would definitely be back with Tales from the Kicks. <laughs> yes, we will. I am Sir Mac. And I am Jojo the Great. And we are out. Peace. Thank you.